Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. This is where the fun begins. CKRM is proud to be your official voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports show anywhere. It's a new era for sports talk in Saskatchewan. Welcome to the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. And wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day on this Thursday. My last time in the chair for a while. Coming up tomorrow through Wednesday, we'll have a... uh, conglomeration of hosts. Is that how you say it? I don't know. It's going to be Don Hewitt and Daniela Ponticelli tomorrow, then Don Hewitt and Pete Pasco on Monday, Don Hewitt and Sean Kleisiger Tuesday and Wednesday. I want to thank my uh, great sidekick here who's filling in, doing a great job, Nick Katchmar. He's our midday host. He's also uh, doing some other uh, shifts while Sean Kleisinger is away battling COVID and uh, recovering nicely from it, uh, from it uh, so I'm told. So that's good news on that front. But Nick's been doing a great job here. He will uh, take your text at 936-6262. That's our text line powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac at the corner of Rochdale and Pasco. Let's look at the big uh, guest board here. We always have lots of great guests. We're going to hear from the president of the Regina Thunder, Murad El-Khatib. We'll get to the voice of the Calgary Stampeders, Mark Stephen. We have to be Stampeder fans for one week. Taking on the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Friday. John Hodge, who joined us yesterday, we had to uh, get out of that interview a little uh, quicker than maybe we wanted to because we had Pat's Hockey. Not than we wanted to, but we had to get the pads hockey. But there was some C or a Canadian June Canadian University talk. Sorry, I almost called it CIS, but that's the old name. U Sports Football Talk, Heck Crichton Trophy Talk. So we'll talk about that with John Hodge before five o'clock. Connor Bedard, you heard of him? Best junior player in the world. Odds on pick to be the first overall pick in the NHL draft. Just got his license, what, like three weeks ago? We'll talk to him about that and steering the Pats. Uh, towards a winning record. We'll talk to Spreads.ca's Nolan Dalla, Glenn Suter, Rash Madani, and Riker Frank of Regina, who stars in the backfield with the U of S Huskies. Um, a couple of sports things to get to. The Oilers' Darnell Nurse fined $5,000 for interference against the Canucks last night in their 5-3 come-from-behind victory as he hit blue liner Kyle Burroughs. Um, after Burroughs was hit by an Oiler player, Nurse finished him off, so... Uh, Penalty to Darnell Nurse, $5,000. He'll just tip his couch over and pay for that one. In the NHL tonight, the Colorado Avalanche. First game after winning the Stanley Cup will be in Calgary to take on the Flames. Uh, what else do we got? The Leafs, who lost to Montreal yesterday, take on the Washington Capitals. And the Ottawa Senators, who are highly touted by some, including our own sales guy, Chris White. He's going home to have some rum and watch the Ottawa Senators take on the Buffalo Sabres tonight. So some great NHL action. we got baseball to tell you about. Um, the Yankees-Guardians game has been rained out in New York, so it'll be moved to tomorrow when the NLDS games are 
going to resume. Both of those series tied at one apiece. And the Houston Astros were down, but they're back in the lead now, 3-2 over the Mariners. Of course, they rallied with a three-run shot by Jordan Alvarez in Game 1 in the bottom of the ninth with two out. First time that ever happened when a team was down by multiple runs with two out in the bottom of the ninth to win the game in uh, the playoffs. So that's unbelievable when you think about it. So... uh, There you go. That game 3-2 right now for the Houston Astros. And that score, bottom of the seventh at Minute Maid Park in Houston. All right. So we are going to continue with the show right now. All right. Headed out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Even study time. I'm talking to a student athlete, Noah Pelche, quarterback of the U of R Rams. I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this. What are you taking in school, Noah? I'm in education. Okay. So you want to be what? A teacher or obviously, but what kind of teacher? Uh, elementary school teachers, what I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what, what teacher left you with the biggest impression, Noah Pelche? Uh, hmm. I, I've definitely had had lots of great teachers. I'd say one of my one of my teachers I, I've been around most would be Claire Dory. She's she's pretty big in the in the football community. I know she helped out at Belfry. She helps out with lots of the the women's teams. Uh, she's my homeroom teacher, and she taught me basically everything like phys ed, math, and all that. And yeah, she's just a, definitely a great teacher and a great role model as well, and I could also make those connections with her to football, so that was always nice. That's awesome, man. Noah, you want to be an elementary school teacher. What's the first teacher you remember? Ooh, ah, uh, hmm. I'm trying to think. I'd honestly probably say I would go all the way back to kindergarten. Um, it would be Miss McDowell, if I yeah. recall it correctly, yeah, and it was yeah, I guess just my first taste of school, and you always have those little memories come back, come back to you from from kindergarten, and yeah, first first place that I met a lot of my friends that I'm still friends with today, so that's definitely lots of good memories. That's from that. cool, yeah. And your kindergarten teacher's the one that's kind of the the person that takes that uh, that edge off. You're scared when you come to school, and they kind of relax you if they're a good kindergarten teacher, right? Like with the macaroni yeah, exactly. art, macaroni art, and everything like that. <laughs> Exactly, for sure. <laughs> okay, Noah, let's talk about uh, some football stuff now. Uh, it's been a windy week of practice. Is it harder to throw into or with the wind? Now, that sounds like a dumb question, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Not not lots of people realize that. Uh, obviously, throwing into the wind is super hard. It's, it's the, the ball's being kind of blown back at you. you got to put a little more into it. But, yeah, throwing... With the wind, too, it carries the ball a lot more. You kind of got to judge the wind, especially when it's not going straight, when it's going to the side. Either way, it's it's a lot harder to kind of judge where you're throwing the ball, but it's just important to, I guess, kind of put a bit more air on the ball and kind of let your receivers do the work for you. And I know my receivers have done a great job with that. I kind of just put it into a spot I know they can get to, and they do the rest for me. Your coach, Mark McConkie, said you've done a great job. They're not asking too much of you. Uh, they're asking you to protect yourself better. Are you doing that as you're going along <laughs> because you like to run around and do some Houdini-like tricks? Josh Donnelly liked to do that, too, but they don't want you getting hurt if they stress that to you. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I've never been a slider, and I told him that. I think the, it was in the, the last U of S game. It was the first time I ever slid ever, so... It, it's not something I'm used to, but definitely something that's starting to to come into my game a bit more. And yeah, I totally understand the the safety part of it. It's it's not really worth taking hits when you don't really have to, because 
obviously there's going to be times in games when you kind of do can't really get away from the hit. So I guess limiting yourself to, to as much as as little as those as you can is, is a good thing. And yeah, obviously sliding, getting out of bounds whenever I can is something that I'm starting to get a, a bit more used to. Not going to lie to you, Noah, it did look awkward when you tried to slide. It's like, it did look like the first time you ever tried to do it. Yeah, oh, for sure. I think I actually fumbled a little bit on that first one. So, but it was nice to get nice to get the first one out of the way and then move on from that. And I think I got a, a bit of a better one later on in that game. Yeah. What was it like right in that football weekend in Saskatchewan? You lost 11-10, but you guys start with an onside kick, which was a ballsy call, I might say. No uh, no uh, pun intended here. But it was a nice, uh, nice ballsy call. And then you went deep to the end zone right away. What did that feel like to get off to a great start like that? Yeah, it was awesome. I honestly had no idea that we were starting with the onside kick. So when I saw that, I, I got super excited. And obviously, we got it back, which was nice. Uh, and then, yeah, we, we kind of had our, our game plan, our first play picked. It was just going to be a normal handoff, kind of see what their their defense is bringing at us. But we we got that opportunity. So McConkey asked me if I wanted to take a shot. And, of course, I'm always up for that. And, yeah, it ended up working out. Yeah, so you've got it was eleven ten loss. You guys lost, uh, left some plays on the field there, but I think you leave that game or left that game feeling confident, and obviously you did because you've been winning since. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, it's not really the outcome we wanted, but we were glad to stay in it with a, a great team like that. Um, and like you said, there's just a couple plays here and there that really couldn't change the game for us. Um, and yeah, we're we're building off that. We we've had a couple. I had a good week since then, so. We're going to keep going from there, and yeah, I'm super excited to to see them again and, and do what worked for us then and also bring some new things like I know they will too. So uh, I'm not letting you or asking you to give us the game plan, but what do you got to do to beat the Huskies here in a really interesting, exciting place to play? Uh, I'd say the biggest thing is honestly just keeping it simple. It's kind of what we, we've done all along. They have lots of athletes on defense, but I know we have a lot of athletes on our side too. So I'm just going to get the receivers the, the ball as, as much as I can, make sure they're, they're blocking downfield. Everyone's doing their job, and I think we, we'll be able to break some tackles, get some good yards, and it'll come together in the end hopefully, and yeah, hopefully it'll, it'll pay off doing the little things right. What do you do to settle the nerves? Because uh, are you an excitable guy? Because this will be an excitable type of situation. Provincial rivals, top two teams in the Can West. It's got a real U.S. college-like atmosphere there on campus. It's going to be great. Yeah, uh, I'd say honestly, I've, I've always been kind of pr- pretty calm going into games. There's obviously those those little nerves, but usually after after the first few plays, I kind of get over it and then back into the rhythm. So I try not to to worry about it too much just just play my game and yeah things work out evaluate your performance uh, for me Noah. you didn't expect to be the starting quarterback this year but you are so from game one to now how have you changed it and what do you want to do going forward the rest of the year uh i i feel like i've done pretty good so far obviously done enough to get us get us the wins that we need but there's there's still a lot of plays that i've been leaving leaving out there i'd say a couple missed throws here and there so i think that's the the biggest thing I'm I'm focusing on just hitting hitting a couple more throws, a uh, couple reads here and there that are a little off, uh, and coming down to the back a little bit more. I I get a little a little excited sometimes and don't take those easy ones. So it just yeah, the a bunch of little things that that I know I need to work on and I have been. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to to keep on improving. I feel like I've I've improved throughout 
the year so far in there, but there's still a long, long way to go. So I'm excited for that. People my age will get this reference. You won't, so that's fine. You can give me the token laugh. But uh, it's uh, the, the Rams are the the Rodney Dangerfield of the Can West and and U Sports. So they they get no respect. I get no respect. You guys were the sixth ranked team in the uh, Canada West coming into the coaches poll, and all you do is keep winning. You're four and one, and you've dropped in the poll in subsequent weeks. You've gone from I think you were like six, seven. Now you're like eighth and. And you just keep winning. Is that being talked about in your locker room? I mean, polls, who cares? But just the whole, we're not getting any respect angle. Uh, honestly, yeah, we, we don't really talk about it much. We all know it's there, and it's a little bit of extra motivation. Uh, we we don't really look at that, I guess, that top 10 that they have too much. That's just, it's all over the board. It's, we, we know what we have on our team. We know we're we're a strong team. Um, but every week we, we always look back on the, the coaches pull at the start of the season, ha- having us at, at number six. It's a, it's a good reminder for the week that probably these, these coaches that we're going up against were the ones to, to rank us at the bottom, not, not think we had it in us, but it's good to go out there and prove them wrong so far. And I know we're going to continue to do it. You uh, remind me a lot of the guy you're going up against in Saskatoon here, Mason Nias. He's got a great arm. He's a good leader. He's a very good person. And that's what you seem like to me as well. So kudos to you. But inside of a game, Noah Pelchier, uh, you're, you're not going against Mason Nias, but when you're on the sidelines and he slings one for a touchdown, you're like, okay, I got to get out there. He's not getting the better of me. Is that kind of how you're wired? <laughs> Uh, I'd say a little bit, yeah. I, if they go out and make a big play, I'm not really going out there first play trying to do the same thing. But I know there's there's points in the game when yeah they they could start to run away with it. You kind of gotta gotta buckle down and really really focus in. And yeah, if there's another big play opportunity to come back at them, I'm definitely gonna take it. But I think it's big to just put put a longer drive together after something like that too. Just even if we're not going to score, try and get three points on the board, try and give our defense a good field position is a big thing. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm honestly not – don't really try and compete too much with the other quarterback. I know they're going to play their game. I'm going to play my game just doing what what I do. Uh, and, yeah, just trusting my receivers, trusting my line, trusting my running backs, doing all that, and I know it will we'll all come together. Well, you won't compare, but I will. And in the head-to-head matchup so far, uh, Mason Nice did not throw a touchdown, and this guy, Noah Pelshier, did. Hopefully there's more to come here right here on 620 CKRM on Saturday. Good luck, buddy. Tyson Berry to Nugent Hopkins. Pass down low. Yeah, the Edmonton Oilers, man, uh, they didn't start too well, gave up two early goals. They were down 3 nothing. didn't bring their A game. But when you have two of the uh, two of the top five best players in the NHL, you can get it done. And our clutch performance for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer, call 781-1077. Connor McDavid, three goals and one helper. Now, the third goal was an empty net goal, as it was a great job by Kane to poke it free from the Vancouver. Vancouver D-man. He had a chance at the empty net, but he showed some class. Maybe that he's maturing. He slams on the brakes, backhands it to McDavid, who scores the empty net goal, knowing that McDavid would get all those hats come down uh, for the hat trick and kind of winked at him on the bench when he came by to say, I got you, brother. So the Oilers win it 5-3. to three. The other highly touted Alberta team is in action tonight. Calgary Flames against Colorado, and we talked about Ottawa on the road to open up against the Buffalo Sabres.
Time to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and talk with Murad Al-Khatib, president of the Regina Thunder, big in the business community. We're just coming off the heels of your first uh, dinner of champions since COVID. It was a successful one at the Connexus Arts Center last night. Yeah, it was a great event, uh, Michael. We had uh, you know yourself obviously emceeing and uh, doing some great interviews with uh, Jeremy O'Day and Dan Clark and Logan Furland, and you know over 540 people attended. A great event for us for our scholarship fund and for the operation of the Regina Thunder. It was a great event. We've talked about this before. The league's kind of changed. At least the Thunder have changed when it was the Regina Rams and Junior is more a working man's league. A few of my teammates went to school, but not as many as now. How many scholarship athletes do you have now? We've got 58 full-time scholarship athletes on the Regina Thunder. So, you know, certainly still some great young men working, uh, you know, in the trades, uh, going to Polytech as well, you know, but a lot of university kids also on our team. And, you know, the CJFL is, uh, you know, changing. It's becoming a, you know, a, a premier football league in the uh, in the country. And, you know, again, you can see that evidence with, uh, you know, starters in the CFL coming out of the CJFL. Yeah, and you saw those two guys on stage yesterday in Logan Furland and Dan Clark, both uh, guys that uh, you know use their hands not only on the field but off the field. Uh, Dan worked with Ben Heenan uh, doing some trades work out at his farm, and of course Furland has uh, Furland framing and finishing that he does, and he went to school for that, the, the trades. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, again, a carpenter and then, you know, guys that, uh, you know, were, were great in the trades are now in the trenches, uh, you know, in the <laughs> CFL, so... You know, great, great for us in terms of, you know, highlighting though that the uh, the philosophy of the club is, you know, you got to win off the field, you got to be successful in your education and in work and in the community, and and then the wins come on the field. And you know, the seven and zero record has been great for us. We'll try and wrap it up on Sunday at uh, at uh, Live Field. Yeah, and it's a, a chance to finish the regular season perfect again for the second straight year. We know the ultimate goal is to win the championship here on home turf because uh, your conference does host it. That would be great on November the 12th. But uh, Sunday's a big game, 1 o'clock at Libel against the Huskies. They're a good team. And it's Orange Shirt Day. Tell us about that initiative. Well, you know, it's certainly for us as a club, uh, you know, we feel very uh, important to not only showcase uh, Indigenous culture and heritage, but, you know, as a club, we've, we've made a commitment to try and get closer to Indigenous communities. I mean, we think that there's a pipeline of players, Michael, in, in, uh, in rural areas and in Indigenous communities that, you know, we want to tap into that. We want to increase the awareness of the success and leadership that build young men and young women when they're involved in football. And, uh, you know, with that uh, in mind, we're going to be looking at linking with communities, doing some coaching development, some player development, and ultimately develop a pipeline of 13 to 18-year-old, you know, Indigenous youth that, uh, you know, we're hoping will become involved in organized football and uh, ultimately be players on the Regina Thunder or the Regina Riot, you know, uh, in the women's case. And, and we think that this is a great initiative. Yeah, that is. So we're going to be... Yeah, we're going to be doing that orange shirt day to kind of raise awareness. And, you know, we're going to pack Libel Field and, uh, you know, we're going to play the Edmonton Huskies to round out the year. And this initiative is one of the things that flows out of that desire to have a closer connection. And a connection with the Rough Riders, as you do. And the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation made a nice donation of $60,000 yesterday. So that was good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Cindy and the foundation uh, have been great supporters of, you know, junior football, minor football, uh, football SASC, and of course the all the elite programs. And so we appreciate that support. And you know, it's going to be a great year with the Great Cup being hosted here. You know, we're expecting that uh, you know working with the foundation, there's going to be some more funds that'll flow into our scholarship programs and things like that. So a real celebration of football, uh, Michael, yesterday, and 
you know, again, we're, we've guaranteed ourselves first place in the PFC. We host, you know, a uh, home playoff game uh, on the, uh, on the 23rd of October. And, uh, we'll be hosting that at Lionel Field. We'll be playing the Winnipeg Rifles. So that's already known, uh, cause they'll finish in fourth place for sure. So we'll start that. We'll take it a week at a time and then we'll go to a PFC final and, uh, our goal is to host the uh, Canada Bowl in, in Regina on the 12th of uh, November. So we'll take it a week at a time and do what we can. Been a memorable year so far with last night's dinner, the football weekend in Saskatchewan, and hopefully a memorable playoff run. Thanks for your time, Murat. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Go back to the sports cage here on 620 CKRM. As the big boy Sky alluded to, the show is brought to you by our friends at spreads.ca. We'll talk to Nolan Dalla, the betting expert, a little later on about some of the matchups he wants to focus in on. You sign up using the code CKRM, and they'll match your first deposit of 25 to 250 dollars Major League Baseball, they're in the... Uh, Top of the eighth, the Houston Astros up one game to none in that ALDS over Seattle, and they have a 3-2 lead, Houston does, over the Seattle Mariners. Time to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. When you're ordering Western Pizza, ask for the Rough Rider Suite deal from Western Pizza, and you and a friend could be watching a Rider game from a luxury suite. We're talking to the longtime and outstanding voice of the Calgary Stampeders, Mark Steven. Mark, before we get the football, hockey starting uh, in Calgary tonight. What's the vibe against the defending Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche? Oh, there is plenty of excitement. There's an awful lot of, you know, in the air because the team played very well last year, didn't go as deep in the playoffs as they envisioned, but they made a whole series of high-profile acquisitions in the offseason, and uh, many folks, and I'm one of them, believe they might actually be better than they were last year as they get set to uh, open up against Colorado tonight. But there's a lot of excitement, a lot of anticipation here about what they believe is one of the top-tier teams in the NHL. You and I both love our CFL football, but do the Stampeders take a serious back seat uh, to the Flames, even though we're headed to a very important time of year for Calgary? Well, certainly this week it has. I can't lie to you about that. They've just, you know, been waiting and waiting for this season to get going, and people want to see exactly what, uh, you know, Jonathan Huberdeau is going to be like. Uh, you know, the big deals that they signed that will keep him and Mackenzie Weger here for a long time, and Nazem Kadri. Obviously this week uh, it's been a little hard for the, for anything to break into uh, people getting excited. I mean, the exhibition season ended, what, on Saturday, and, uh, you know, there's been days of buildup. So, yeah, it's been a little tough to uh, get any oxygen to the Calgary Stampeders this week. Mark, sure. Mark, how do we get sustained, I'll use your word, a good one, how do we get sustained oxygen to the CFL and the Stampeders in Calgary where we can even get a, a little bit or a good chunk of what they get for the NHL buildup? Uh, you've been around this league a lot longer than me, and I don't know if I've ever asked you that. How do, how do we get back that excitement in the league? For the CFL as a whole or for the Stampeders well, well, in particular? Well, Stampeders, but in, as a whole, like I am a little concerned about the Alberta teams. Uh, Calgary always has a good football team. Uh, Edmonton yeah. always was 30,000-plus for the draw, and uh, you know they're down, too, obviously, both on the field and at the gate. How do we get it back in Alberta and in, in the league as a whole? 
Well, it's certainly a challenge when you've got a competing NHL team because the NHL is simply a you know a bigger business. That's just the way it is. It's a bigger entity. But you know, I guess just uh, do your best, consistently win, uh, put out a good product, and to see what happens. I mean, Stampeders do get a fair bit of attention, but this week has been a bit of an exception because it's opening day and a lot of excitement built around that. But there's no getting around it. It is a, a challenge uh, just by virtue of uh, one league's a lot bigger than the other, so it's uh, always going to be a tough. Uh, a tough sell at times, but uh, you know the Stampeders when they play well, when they do well, they certainly get uh, their share of attention. So, Mark, they are playing pretty good football. I've been impressed with their defense the last four or five weeks. What's the key to the great defensive success they've seen lately? Early on in the year, I wasn't a big fan of the defense. I thought it looked out of sorts, uh, but they're very dependable now. Well, I would say the strength has been the front four of late. They've really come on strong. Uh, Floor Malad and the ageless veteran uh, Sean Lemon have really, really played well on the ends. They're causing havoc. Uh, Lemon has had multiple uh, big play defensively, whether it's a sack or a strip or a forced fumble or something. He's done really, really well. Seems like he's getting better with age, not slowing down in any way. So I would say it is the front four that has uh, really set the tone. Uh, they also have now started to stabilize in the back. And that was a problem where they were rotating uh, guys in and out constantly, mostly due to injury. At one time, they had seven defensive backs on the injury list. Now, for the first time all year, they've dressed the same five starters. So that's one of the challenges they've had to face. But no, the defense has really shut it down. And one thing that's worked in their favor is the fact that there's only one game where they've lost the turnover battle. So that's been important as well. And they have the most points of any team off turnovers. They've made a lot of turnovers, and they cash in on them. So those are some of the key things that have really helped the Stampeders uh, uh, pick it up after the uh, mid-break at uh, Labor Day. One nice guy to watch in the secondary, as you alluded to, is DB Titus Walls. Uh, Will he make his return this week? This week, no. Uh, just not quite there yet, but I would think there's a good shot he plays uh, against the Rough Riders in Saskatchewan or one of the two games that are coming up against the Riders. Uh, he was certainly having a tremendous season, and I think at the time of his injury, he was uh, in the conversation just behind uh, Dalton Sean in uh, Winnipeg as the rookie of the year. I think that... Uh, is all come and gone now. I think that's uh, shown to win probably unanimously. But Will Walt was playing really, really well. And, uh, you know, I, I think he is going to get back on the roster before the end of the season. Hey, just let's divert away from the Stamps for a second because you, you make great mention of uh, Dalton Schoen. Here, you know, how are they going to replace Kenny Lawler? What are they going to do? And this guy comes in, not only rookie of the year, he's leading all receivers. Like, he is having an outstanding season. I agree. Uh, isn't he quite a story just to come in and, as you say, you wondered and have Adams left. You sort of, you know, when the season began, said, well, Winnipeg's still going to be pretty good, but are they going to be as productive? Well, the answer is yes, and uh, he can take a lot of the uh, credit for it. So can Calaris for that matter. But, you know, there were some departures from Winnipeg. Uh, you wondered how they were going to replace them. Well, they did, at least uh, with uh, Sean coming in there and performing at a very, very high level. Yeah, he caught me off guard. I think he caught a lot of people off guard. He is certainly a guy that, uh, you know, is going to win the rookie of the year it might be unanimous this year well the riders are cheering obviously for the calgary stampeders to knock off hamilton it's going to be a little tougher too with malik henry out he's been a joy to watch and earn himself a new contract too but that's going to be a bit of a blow to the offense 
Odwell, no question about that. He's really, really emerged. And, you know, during the bye week, at least the Stampeders bye week, he signed a three-year extension. I can't remember the last time yeah. a non-quarterback signed a deal of that length, um, certainly here or anywhere else across the league. Uh, Sean Bain is a very good player in his own right, very fast as well. He's not quite as consistent in terms of, uh, you know, pass catching as Malik Henry is. But the Bain will be an important addition to the lineup. But make no mistake, Malik Henry is the guy. And bad news, he should be back for both of the Rough Rider games. Well, yeah, that is bad news, especially <laughs> since the Rough Riders got a win, but they created their uh, their own mess, so to speak. Uh, part of the Riders' problem has been the offensive line, the injuries, lack of continuity, some could say talent. Now, the Stamps have been dealt a blow, of course, too. Derek Dennis and Josh Coker done for the year, but you're uh, replacing them ad- uh, admirably. Uh, extended looks to Hugh Thornton and uh, Bryce Bell. Tell me, uh, tell me about those two guys. Yeah, first of all, this will be the third consecutive game of a new starting left to tackle because Derek Dennis went down in the game in Vancouver, then the game here against Toronto, October the 1st. Coker went down, so now it's going to be Hugh Thornton. It's kind of a tough situation how they were going to do that. Uh, They did a lot of work with both guys with the number one unit, both guys being... Thornton and Bell, and uh, you know, they just decided to go with Thornton. He's a guy that's got a lot of NFL experience in. He's come in here and fit in really, really well, so very, very close. I I think it was a bit of a coin flip, but I'm sure there were some, you know, racial things they had to consider. In fact, I know there were some racial things to consider, so that's the route they went. And, uh, you know, both should do well, but I think, you know, Bell will make the field sometime during the game. Got a couple of texts from listeners, if you wouldn't mind addressing them. Sure. Mark Steven. Jeff wants to know, the Stamp, he's a Stampeder fan in Rider Nation, so he's he's being oh, quiet good. He's being quiet about it, of course, but not he here. Texting on us, like, yeah, Jeff, that's right. how you doing, big well, boy? He could, he could say Jeff, he could say Frank, he could say whatever he wants. Jeff wants to know do do the fans in Calgary not come uh partly because they they're always good and it, it can be boring at times Oh, I think that's a bit of it. I think you take this for granted. The Stampeders have qualified for the playoffs 17 consecutive years. The next best is six. Just think of that. Yeah. So the Stampeders have been consistently good. The stadium continues to be an issue. Maybe it's just a crutch that he's had. I want to go to the stadium. It's terrible. Some of the seating lines in many of the seats are as good as there is in the league. It's when you get up and uh, want to do something like buy something or need a facilities break that uh, things break down. It's, it's an old stadium. It's outmoded, and uh, some people use that as an excuse. So there's a couple of things I would say that uh, stadium issues and uh, maybe a sense that uh, this team is good, will be good, and will continue to be good. I think it's part of uh, you know the problem with that they're so successful for so long. And J- and Chad uh, texted that in, actually. Uh, he said, ask Mark this at 936-6262. I truly believe, as a Ryder fan when I go there, the stadium is the biggest reason many fans aren't going to Stamps games. With all due respect, it's kind of dumpy. Uh, atmosphere is everything, Build it, and they will come. So I, I won't get you to, to hammer on the stadium, but I do want to ask you this. It is a very progressive city. There's lots going on in Calgary. I know the economy in recent years has been hit bad like a lot of places, COVID, oil and gas industry. But for a progressive city, you guys have two terrible facilities, McMahon Stadium and, by NHL standards, the Saddle Dome. Will we see... N- some uh, type of new facilities in Calgary in the in uh, in the foreseeable future. I guess the way to word it. 
Well, the first priority will be the hockey arena, but City Hall has so badly botched that. I don't want to get into day-to-day uh, weeds with Calgary politics, but uh, it starts in the mayor's office. The sooner she goes, the better, except she's got three years left of her term. But anyway, that's another story, and uh, there's a lot of mistrust about building that uh, building. Maybe it'll happen, but uh, it's far from a guarantee. I mean, I think CSEC has had enough of dealing with City Hall, so yeah. that's going to be very contentious. McMahon Stadium is a little different. It's on grounds owned by the University of Calgary. The UFC have said basically they're not going to do anything except just essential maintenance. That's it. I mean, to me, they could sell off the stadium and some of the land around it, raise hundreds of millions of dollars because that used to be uh, you know, on the end of some ox cart trail way out there. Now it's inner city land, and they could sell off surplus land around it, raise a lot of money, build the stadium, not impact their operations at all. So that would be ideal, but they're just content to sit there. It's, it's, yeah. uh, baffling. Like it's I've baffling. Been, I've been to Montreal Stadium. They've upgraded it. You've been there many times. It no, is no. it is not nearly as good as what uh, Calgary's is. Uh, those would be two facilities. That's when people tell me, oh, the CFL, is it in trouble? Is it going to fold? I've been asked this. You know, the one thing I cling to or one of the things I cling to is, for the most part, we've got great facilities around yeah. the league, updated facilities. So I have a tough time believing those would ever sit. They, people would let those sit empty. Well, yes, that's part of it. Uh, number two, thank you for mentioning Montreal because for all of the considerable challenges McMahon Stadium has, as long as Montreal is in the league in that museum, McMahon Stadium can never be the worst. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. One hundred percent. Okay, a couple more Calgary yeah. Stampeder related questions with the voice of the Stamps, Mark Stephen. What do you like about Jake uh, Mayer's performance so far? Well, first of all, his accuracy rate is just amazing. He's working good with the receivers, making quick decisions and getting the ball away quickly. Uh, he also will run when necessary. It's not his strength, but he's uh, far more apt and puts a little seed of doubt in the mind of some of the people that are chasing him down that he will take off and run. So those are some of the things that he has done very well. And, uh, you know, uh, put a little spark in the offense. And uh, since he uh, came in, things have really clicked offensively for the football team. And how has Bo Levi Mitchell handled all this, from what you can tell? Publicly, amazingly. Very, very good. Uh, you know, uh, underneath, is he angry and seething? I mean, probably. Why wouldn't he be, right? But uh, it doesn't see it the way the team sees it. But outwardly, let me put it this way. If it's an act, it's a really good one. Uh, you know, that he's been a teammate. He's uh, really been supportive of everything, hasn't caused disruption, because I could see in certain situations with certain people that this could rip a team apart pretty good if if they so chose. But he's been very, very good about it. And, uh, you know, I was talking to some team official today, and they even complimented him on his his attitude and just said, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but, uh, uh, you know, to get into the playoffs and something happens to Jake Mayer, who would you want? Backing up, who could go into say a Vancouver or say go into a Winnipeg and win if you needed to rely on number two? Who would you trust across the league? And I think the answer is Bo Levi Mitchell. George, you, you're really you are really a hot button guy today. George sends in Good. a text and he wants to know this at nine three six sixty two sixty two. You've been around a long time, Mark. Tell me, in your opinion, George wants to know why are the Stamps such a stable franchise? Who do you attribute that to? Well, I would say it's probably, uh, first of all, John Huffdago coming in and, uh, you know, taking over a team. I wouldn't say it was in trouble, but it needed a boost. Uh, John is an amazing football mind. That's probably the number one reason. There's two things that I think he has... uh, 
invested in the organization. One is uh, a situation where the Canadian draft is taken. I don't think anybody takes it more seriously than the Stampeders and is more invested. They have a lot of you know later round draft choices. Uh, they've made some mistakes, sure, but uh, the, I don't think anybody outworks them in the draft uh, when it comes to the Canadian draft, and that's so important. Uh, the other thing is John Huffnagel has a unique ability. I call it seeing around the corner. He's uh, always a step ahead of what's going on. Uh, you know, obviously the Bo Levi Mitchell situation just a couple of weeks ago. How well was that handled? I mean, how much fun was that calling Bo Levi Mitchell and telling him this is what's going on? But it's been managed. It didn't cause any chaos. They knew it was coming. They had a plan. And for nearly everything, they have, uh, it seems anyway, a step ahead of what's going to happen because change is inevitable and you better... Uh, figure out uh, the change and uh, be prepared for it. So those, I would say, would, would probably be the two best things. Plus, he's obviously got an enormously good eye for what makes a CFL football player, too, and uh, puts that into the uh, hands of his scouting staff and says, here's what we're looking for, and they, they find it. Do you think, I think there could be a lot of turmoil in the offseason in terms of finding uh, a coach for some teams, okay? Uh, do mm-hmm. you think Mark Killam might be, uh, if you were a betting man, Mark Killam gone from the Stamps after this year? Hope not, but I, I would say he's going to get some interviews for sure. I mean, exactly how many openings is going to be, I don't know, but uh, he would be a very good candidate, very highly thought of, uh, very well respected, and uh, you know, he really loved his uh, brief one-game coaching appearance when Dave Dickinson was sidelined with COVID. So, yeah, I would think he's got a great shot at getting interviewed at least. You know, we'll see what different organizations want to do, but if you want somebody that's uh, established himself as a premier position coach. Uh, you'd have to put Mark Killam in that category. So it uh, should be very interesting to see what happens in the offseason. And, yeah, I think his phone is going to ring. Mark Steven, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are arresting some 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 guys. Uh, does that yeah. rankle does that rankle any feathers against the uh, – yeah, they're, they're arresting some, uh, some, some people. Does that rankle any feathers in Calgary coming into this week? Yeah, a question was asked about that. Asked that exact question. Uh, Stan Peters publicly just said they've got to take care of their business because, uh, you know, let's remember BC does have the tiebreaker on the Stan Peters. So, you know, the Stan Peters have to be one game better than BC. But, uh, you know, I guess Winnipeg's earned that right, haven't they? They can uh, play who they want. They took off and hid from the league, and uh, they've got that right. Uh, you know, the uh, I guess the real test will come on November 13th to see if they gave these guys. Too much of a break or not enough of a break or whatever. But, uh, you know, I guess that's just the way it is if you've got that kind of a lead. But the Stampeders just say they've got to worry about their own business and nobody else. Do you think Nathan Rourke makes it back to play for the BC Lions this year? That is interesting, isn't it? That, that's really interesting. And Rick Campbell playing it kind of coy. Mm-hmm. Until a few weeks ago, I never knew what List Frank's fractures were or whatever <laughs> yeah. it's called. Um, yeah. You know, and he's young and... Uh, I don't know. It would sure be a game changer, though, that I can tell you. Yeah. It would be a real game changer. So uh, I guess he'll keep working away. You know, I guess I, I saw, as you probably did, the online pictures of him throwing yeah. and practicing. So, uh, but that's a long way from, uh, you know, having uh, people chasing him down, looking for his head, like Sean Lennon running after him. Uh, should, you know, because those teams are going to meet in the first round of the playoffs. It's a long way between making a bunch of passes and uh, being mobile and agile enough to do that. But you know what? Uh, you got to take the first step, and he did, and he's uh, on the field, and whether it's going to be good enough, and you know, it's not that far away. I mean, the West Final is, uh, or semifinal at least, is 
November the 6th. So we're talking days here, not months or weeks. We're talking just, uh, uh, you know, about 20 days or so. We'll talk about the Dickinson Bowl, which has a nice little uh, life-or-death situation for Craig Dickinson uh, next week, maybe when I have you on, provided you want to come on next week. But but lastly, back to Winnipeg. I find this strange. Not a lot of people talk about it. Mike O'Shea is an unsigned coach. He is a free agent. So I'm very interested to see what happens with Mike O'Shea. And I find that a little odd that he's unsigned. I kind of do as well. I hear what you're saying there. Uh, You don't know if that's by his choice or the team's choice or what's going on, but whatever is done there, I mean, you know, he should be uh, among the highest paid, if not the highest paid coaches in the league. Uh, Maybe it could be, too, that he just said, I don't want to discuss this until the season's over. The last time this happened was three years ago. I think it was just you know, days after the Grey Cup, they got it done because both sides just sat in the same room and said, you know, I want to be here. You want me here. Let's just get it done. So uh, I, I hear what you're saying, that, uh, that maybe there's something more to it there. But uh, I think that's a story for December. I'm not sure it's going to be uh, something they worry about until then. And uh, we'll see where it goes. For sure. Hey, Mark, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it always. Yeah, looking forward to the trip to Regina. That should be coming up next week after this uh, Hamilton game and uh, back-to-back with the Rough Riders and see where it takes the two teams. You won't hear me say this more than this time. Go Stampeders. That's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's, you do have history on your side. Here's one of these little nuggets I dug out. Yeah. Hamilton hasn't won here since, ready for this, 2004. Wow. And the Stampeders have won 28 of the last 30 meetings of Hamilton here. Just think of that. that is, I mean, I, I know it's different people, different teams and circumstances. That's insane when you think about it, isn't it? Crazy, it is. crazy, man. Yeah. That, thanks for that nugget. Hopefully it keeps rolling. No. Take care, Mark. Yeah. Okay, thank you. See you next week. Yeah, see you later. When we come back, we'll have the sports ticker, and we'll hear from John Hodge yesterday. Uh, we interviewed him, but we didn't get to a segment on U Sports. So we'll talk about that in a minute. This is the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 6... Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Sports stickers brought to you by our friends over there at, uh, let me get to it here, Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090. 4-2, it's uh, the Astros leading the Mariners in the top of the Ninth inning, looking to go up two games tonight in the best of five. There's Thursday night football, Chicago hosting Washington. And there's NHL hockey, Ottawa in Buffalo. Calgary hosting Colorado as part of the NHL night tonight. You can make your bets at spreads.ca. We'll talk to their betting ex- expert, Ola, uh, Nolan Dalla at 520. Connor Bedard at 505. But first, a snippet of my chat with John Hodge talking U Sports football, Rams and Huskies. The Rams are 4-1, and one, and they keep dropping in the top 10. I, I, help me out with this. The, the, the U of our Rams don't have their starting quarterback, and they lost their stud running back. They keep winning, and they keep dropping. That's a real head. I don't, hey, I don't like polls, but I don't get this one. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of, of the top 10 at the moment, and that's no disrespect to the voters. But, you know, I... I Something like like St. FX, they're undefeated. Full credit to St. FX for being undefeated. But I, I'm not sure we need an AUS team in the top six. 
right? Judging, you know, just based on the past interconference play, right? Um, you know, you're way more. Hey, 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 you're way more politically correct than me. Listen, yeah, it's great <laughs> that they're undefeated. If they came out here, they'd get absolutely mollywopped by the Rams and Huskies, like destroyed. I think I think they would certainly get 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 crushed by the Huskies, and they would probably lose to the Rams by by a sizable margin. Um, I and I do feel for the Rams. I mean, and let's also remember they went toe to toe with the Huskies just recently and came out with a one point loss. Really, really impressive, gutsy performance for them. So I, I do think the Rams deserve to be higher and. The other thing that's wild is this team was unranked going into the season, and I believe in the Canada West poll they were sixth of six, which is crazy, right? Looking at it now, I mean the Calgary Dinos have been have been poor all year. Uh, the Rams should have been higher on that list, and I, I agree with you, Balzi. I think they should be higher on the top ten at the moment nationwide. All right, and lastly, who's your heck Crichton leader right now? Would it be the kid in Saskatoon from Regina, Mason Nias? He's uh, he's rolling. I think Mason Nias would be would be a great pick. The other the other player I highlight is Kevin Mittal, the receiver at Laval. Uh, originally committed down south, came back up, and he's got nine touchdown catches this year. Uh, I think he's averaging one point seven touchdowns a game, uh, which is, which is just ridiculous. I mean, Laval is is known for. You know, running the ball, they're known for their great defenses. You know, throwing the ball over the field is not what they're known for traditionally. Uh, but I'm interested to see what this kid can do. So, Nias would be my front runner. Mittal would be my close second. Thanks for your time, John. Always appreciate your work and always appreciate our chats. CKRM is proud to be your official voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports show anywhere. It's a new era for sports talk in Saskatchewan. Welcome to the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Ah, I made a terrible blunder. Show's brought to you by our friends at spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM, and you could have a chance to win $25 to $250. Actually, what they'll do is they'll match your deposit of $25 to $250. My blunder was I didn't give our lucky fan contest word of the day. Chance for you to pick up two premium gold tickets to the 2022 Grey Cup. Four nights hotel, a pair of Ryderville passes, tickets to the CFL Player Awards, Saturday night gala tickets, Sunday indoor and outdoor tailgate passes, weekend team party passes, 500 to spend at the Ryder store, and an exclusive Grape Cup prize pack from the CFL. The big draw goes down October the 28th. So the word to text right now at 936-6262 would be riders. Riders is the word to text at 936-6262. Time now to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. The Regina Pats knocked off the PA Raiders last night. Three to nothing with Sim getting the shutout and we're joined by their superstar Connor Bedard, the best junior hockey player in the world and I don't think I'm wrong when I'm saying that. Thanks for taking my call, Connor. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good man. Just another point scoring streak. Hey, what is it? It's at, uh, is it, uh, I forget, it's at 16 points or 16 games or what is it now? I lost track with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's 
Six or seven games. So. Yeah, six or seven games. Seven games or eight games. Sixteen points. It's on. What What's working well for you right now, Mister Bedard? Uh, yeah, I think uh, our whole line's been been clicking here, and <clears throat> our power play started to get going a bit uh, past few games, not last night, but the games before. So you know, I've got a few easy points because of uh, line mates and stuff. So it made it easy. You know, uh, John uh, Paddock was saying um, a couple of games ago with Dante on the pregame show how you're snake bitten and you're on like this roll and you're snake bitten. It's it's crazy to say that because you know you're shooting at a, probably a higher rate than you're normally shooting. It was that was that something that you came in saying, hey, I gotta I gotta you know you know you have a good shot. Everybody knows you have a good shot. I might as well use it more. Uh, I mean, I feel like I always try to make whatever play and you know I think uh, these past few games when I'm getting closed off or whatever no help I kind of just fired on that and um, I feel like I've been snake bitten too the last you know five six games whatever it is so hopefully that kind of turns and I can start scoring some more uh, Suze Delev is a skilled player tell me about that kid yeah he's got ridiculous skills you know typical European guys and uh, I mean he tried the Michigan other, the other day, obviously, and I think he he could have got it there, but just missed, and just stuff like that. His creativity, and uh, you know, you watch him practice stuff, and his, uh, you know, his skill level, his hands are, are unbelievable. Is there one thing that you spend a lot of time, one skill in particular you spend extra time practicing on here over the last little bit, now that you've been in the league a little bit? Um, I think I, think I practice my shooting probably the most, just because you know, access, you know, at home and stuff, but um, I think just everything you uh, you can, you know, I think face off so big, and that's something I wanted to, you know, get better at from last year, and just, you know, those those small things, and, um, you know, I feel like uh, we probably shot the most. Yeah, you seem to be carrying yourself, not that you wouldn't be confident before, but you, you seem to be maturing, and by that I mean you uh, you stand up for yourself a little more. Like, you're you're not, you, I don't know early on if you were one to chirp, but you, you seem to stand up for yourself that way and uh, being physical, too. Do you, do you see it that way? Um, yeah, I think so. I think, uh, I mean, when I was young and midget and stuff like that, I feel like I I cheer a lot and all that, and uh, I mean, in your first first year, you know, at 15, I probably didn't didn't say too much, was uh, a little too scared, but um, you know, I think once you get more comfortable, you kind of get into that more, and you know, it's, uh, it's fun. It kind of gets you into the game a bit. Uh, Greg and Regina sends a text. Connor, tell Connor we love him in the city. Great having a stup- a superstar like him on the Pats. He alone brings fans to the rink. He wants to know though, Connor, how far do you think this team can go? Yeah, I think we got you know a lot of really good tools, and um, I mean I don't I don't see why we can't we can't beat anyone. So uh, you know we're we're excited for that, and uh, you know everyone's pretty pretty passionate about winning, and, and we want to be able to do that. All right, so how how many uh, weeks have you had your license for now? Um, I got it like end of August before I came here, so. About a, a month and a bit. Okay. What? Everybody. Hey, I want to know this, man. Uh, uh, a future superstar in the NHL. What vehicle did you use to get your license? Like, what were you driving? I used my mom's uh, Rav Four. <laughs> okay. So, Is that what you practice with? Uh, to, in, and how long did you like? You have a learners and everything. Uh, but how long did you uh, practice? Like, did you go intense training for like a week or so? 
I mean, I got I got some lessons back back home before the test, and I feel like you can't really pass if you don't because there's there's so much stuff you wouldn't think of. And uh, yeah, so I got I got a few lessons. I don't know how many, but uh, yeah, so I was. I was uh, training a bit for it. I, like you, got lessons from uh, an actual uh, driving school instructor. My parents signed me up because they were pretty scared, and they were probably right because I am not a very good driver. But the funny thing is, is I taught both my kids how to drive, and they got it on the first try. Did you get yours? Did you get yours on the first try, Connor? Uh, yeah, I did. I was, I was lucky enough, but I, when I got back to the, like, I finished the test and parked the car, or whatever, and. The guy would tell me like five, ten things I did wrong, so I thought I said for sure. And then uh, I guess he was just being being cautious with the stuff, but no, it was funny. That's awesome. Are you a good parallel Parker? I'm not bad. Yeah. I can, I can figure it out. Yeah. So have you, uh, listen, you're concentrated on hockey. That, I'm just trying to paint a picture. Like, we critique, and that's why I'm not so hard on uh, university uh, amateur football players or junior hockey players. I don't really like to call them out because you're still you're still young men. I wouldn't call you a boy, but you're young men. Like, I, you're 17 years, like, you're just a young guy, man. It's hard to, how do you deal with the pressure that's heaped on you? Going to be, I introduced you as the the best junior hockey player in the world. Probably going to be the first overall pick in the NHL draft. Do you, do you have stressful days like that? Like, how do you deal with stress and all that heaped on you? Uh, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, for me, it's just kind of being able to focus on on the present and, uh, you know, focus on our inner goals in, in our locker room and, you know, my personal goals. But I think, uh, you know, my family's helped help, <laughs> help a lot with that. And, um, I think it's been a bit of a gradual kind of growth since I was, you know, whatever, 12 years old. So I think that part of it helped. It wasn't just one day, you know, I'm getting this attention, but uh, it's just kind of being focused on on what what I can control and, and, you know, my goals and the team's goals. Now, can you get can you uh, move around in Regina in anonymity, like uh, under the radar, or people start to notice you? Or do you just are you basically a home and rink guy, or do you get out to some burger joints or anything like that? Cruise Albert Street in your car now that you got a license? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I mean you know a lot of days you're you're at the rink till whatever five o'clock, so you're going home. But you know days off or something, you go you go do something, and uh, you know sometimes I get recognized, but. Uh, it's, it's not it's not crazy. I mean, I wouldn't you know, consider myself famous or anything. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll hear them and I'll take a picture or something, but not not too much. Dude, you're uh, you're a young guy, okay? So I don't know if you're on social media or not a lot. Uh, you, you can't get away from the Connor Bedard talk, and I, I would think it's pretty cool. Like, do you do you catch yourself watching some of these TV shows or radio shows where they're saying the Connor Bedard sweepstakes? Who's going to get it? Uh, Montreal, Arizona, Chicago. Like, what do you what do you think when you hear that stuff? Yeah, I think I'll probably knock on wood ten times a day when I hear stuff like that. But um, no, I mean it's it's pretty funny, you know, seeing. You go on your phone and you're tagged in a Bob McKenzie talking about you or something. It's, uh, it's definitely pretty cool. And, uh, you know, for me, it's stuff I, I grew up watching. And, you know, you grow up so you're seeing, seeing all that draft stuff. But, um, you know, I think it's it's so far away. I mean, there's 60 more games in our season. Yeah. You know, everything, everything that goes along with it. So. Yeah, uh, it's just a lot of time, but it's, it's pretty cool. So, lastly, Connor, I'll let you go because, and I appreciate you on an off day doing this. Um, 
as it relates to you. We know you can shoot the puck. We know you can put up points. Is there something that you've identified in your game that you really want to focus on this year besides the shooting we talked about? Is there something else you want to focus on to not only help your uh, Pats team, but take uh, be ready for that next step, whatever and whenever it might be? Uh, yeah, I think it's I'm always you know working on my 200 for a game, and uh, you know I want to be a guy that that's on in the last you know two three minutes when you got a lead or you know on the penalty kill and stuff like that, so I can just be you know trusted in uh, every every situation, you know big face off stuff like that. So uh, it's just you know I think every year I try to round up my game more and more and. Uh, you know, become that guy that, uh, you know, a coach can trust. Well, I am with Greg. You are very fun to watch, a great hockey player and an asset for the Regina Pats in our community for as long as we got you. Thanks, man. Uh, take care and uh, happy driving, too, okay? Yeah. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, that's Connor Bedard, Pat Superstar. Just got his license. That's just crazy, man, and he's that good. At 17, I don't know what I was doing. What was I doing? It's Probably working at the leader post, <clears throat> getting ready to wrap up my high school and get ready to play for the Regina Rams. Certainly not Connor Bedard. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about betting. Spreads.ca betting expert Nolan Dalla. This is the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on six. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. All right, so welcome back to the Sports Cage. Ballsy here along with my good friend Nick Katchmar. He is the operator in for Sean Kleisinger. You know him from middays, but he's doing some great behind-the-scenes work, too. 936-6262, the number to text. That's our text line powered by Capital GMC Buick. Cadillac, corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline, dinner time, game time, anytime a great time to order Western Pizza. And our show, as I said to you a couple of times today, brought to you by spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM and they'll match your first deposit of $25 to $250. Before I get to our betting expert from spreads.ca, Nolan Dalla, I do want to bring up uh, this interesting little quirk. So this comes to us, by the way, I'll tell you the Houston Astros beat the Mariners 4-2, to two, so the Astros, the trash throws, are up two games to none in that uh, ALDS. The Yankees-Guardians game was washed away. They'll play tomorrow, and then we've got a couple of NLDS games. Atlanta Phillies tied at one apiece going back to Philadelphia. Padres and the Dodgers tied at one apiece going back to San Diego. First time they've had a playoff game in San Diego in front of fans, I think in 16 years. So, crazy. They'll be off the chain nuts there in Southern California. Um, but I do want to mention this. This is funny. So um, the Riders have a ping pong table in their locker room. A lot of teams do. They play cornhole, that type of thing, for bonding and camaraderie. Well, Wednesday, the head coach, Mike McDaniel of the Dolphins, they've had some problems. The Tua thing, they've been dropping a couple of games. He praised his team captains for removing the ping pong table in the locker room so they can better focus on opponents. And... That's not the case, because today Tyreek Hill says the reason the table was removed was because it was bent, and they're ordering. He has ordered and paid for a new custom-designed one, so it's now ping-pong gate in Miami. So, yeah. Anyway, let us get to our uh, 
betting expert Nolan Dollar. Do you have a ping pong table, Nolan? Are you good at ping pong? <laughs> it's just drama in Miami all the time about everything, isn't there? I mean, it just never goes away. Tell you what, Nolan. Tell you what, Nolan. I was a nerd. I was a nerd when I was growing up, so I didn't have a lot of friends. I had a ping pong table, and I put the one side up and played myself. I I don't I haven't played in years, but it would take me a day, and I could crush any media type. Any if they welcomed me into the Rough Riders locker room, I would absolutely clean up. Be I'd be the I'd be the fifty year old guy on the corner stretching, but then I'd bring out my gold custom ping pong uh, paddle and I'd kick the crap out of every single one of them. And you can put that down. You can bet on that at spreads.ca every day of the week. Okay, so we're yes, going. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I gotta get one more thing in there. Yeah. After watching the, you ever watched a YouTube video of these table tennis uh, people, especially in China, Korea, and things like that? But you, you can't even follow the ball. Oh. I'm like, I am never gonna touch that game. <laughs> I, 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 could, I was that good at one point. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Wow. The spin shots, everything, man. I, I cleaned up at parties. That's how I became cool. I became a ping-pong oh. wizard. I uh, had the oh. girls, I had people buying me drinks. <laughs> was a, that's all far-fetched, but I was a good ping-pong player. Ping-pong guys don't pick up many ladies. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, anyway, hey, Look at you now. Look at me oh, now. Right. I'm talking to the spreads.ca expert Nolan Dalla. I'll tell you what. Last week's game was an absolute snooze fest. You remember how I said Naheem Hines over under 61 yards catching and receiving? Well, that went down because he went down on the first play with a concussion. So that tells you even though you think you have a lock, you don't have a lock. But we got another snooze fest maybe. Chicago and Washington today. What are you seeing from that game, Nolan? That's what a lot of people say. You know, they expect, uh, you know, after last week's you know debacle of a football game, uh, it was just a horrible thing to watch, especially if you, you know, like offense. By the way, we had the under in that game. Yes, we, we were very happy with the way it went. <laughs> it was very exciting to win money. Okay, uh, <laughs> let me just get that in there. Yeah. But Chicago playing in uh, hosting Washington tonight. I don't get this. By the way, so the spreads spreads.ca has the Bears plus one at home. Uh, have they been watching the Washington Commanders uh, this season? Losers of four straight. They beat Jacksonville barely in the opener and have dropped four straight. They're in disarray. They, they, this, this team just doesn't look good at all. I know the Bears are not a great team, but hey, they've, uh, they're two and three. They've been competitive most weeks. And uh, I just don't see why the Bears are getting a point at home. What do you think? Yeah, I'm on that one. I think the Bears will win that game, although I think Carson Wentz is going to come in with a little uh, you-know-what, you-know-what in vinegar because his coach kind of called him out and had to back it back away from it when he said they asked him, why are all the NFC East teams better than your team? And he said, quarterback. Now, everybody ran with that snippet, but they didn't take oh. the longer the longer snippet of the audio where he said, we haven't had a consistent quarterback here over the years like those other teams, but now he had to back it up because in today's world, they only play small snippets and you have to it, it, you can paint a guy's words any way you want so it's going to be very interesting but I, I do like the Bears on home turf for sure um, well, yeah, one, quick, one quick side quick, quick side note on that you're absolutely right but it hurts that the, the, the uh, commanders have allowed 20 sacks this season you know you could be you could be Johnny Unitas or Tom Brady, whoever back there, if you're not getting pass protection, you're not going to win games. That's the commander's problem. Do you know how many sacks the Riders have given up this year? Oh, no. Is it a lot? 66. 
Ooh, ouch. That's why they didn't cover last week. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, they gave up seven sacks. That's a very good point, says the guy who's yeah. into the money, and I get it, Nolan Dalla. Okay, let's talk NHL. Anything intriguing early season for you in the NHL? i got to share something. You know, you guys in Canada, I'm down here in Las Vegas. Uh, we have a pretty good hockey team down here, by the way. But, you know, you guys are the masters at hockey. Nevertheless, we looked at last night's, uh, you know, some of the openers up north of the border. And Montreal was 215. I should say plus 215. In other words, you wager $100, you get back 215 in profit on the Canadians, mm-hmm. the Habs hosting the uh, that team called the what? The Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, yeah. I, I couldn't believe this. I said, wait a minute, the Habs are at home and they're plus 215? Uh, you know, I know Toronto's supposed to be, well, maybe the second best team in the NHL, according to the preseason Stanley Cup odds. We took uh, Montreal. We love that. And then in the other game uh, that we, you know, watched and liked, uh, we, by the way, we're not counting this. We're just putting this out free at pointspreads.ca. You can read the stuff every day. I usually write it myself. And sometimes you get lucky. Like uh, last night we had the Edmonton Oilers fell behind two to nothing in that game. I was scared. I thought we were going to lose. And then Vancouver uh, kind of collapsed. And at the, the end, we had uh, Edmonton winning five to three. So we were very, very happy with the way this NHL season has begun. All right. So Ottawa's at Buffalo tonight. On the money line, I took Ottawa straight up in Buffalo. I like it. I like that a lot. Yeah, that sounds good. I, you know, yeah, for sure. And I've I got mean, Buffalo. Gosh, I've got the L.A. Kings, the money line at home against the Seattle Kraken. The Kings are supposed to be this up and coming team. You talked about Vegas. Mm-hmm. Vegas scored a late goal in the season opening game between those two to win that one. But I like the Kings at home. Yeah, and the Kings. What well, they lost their opener, didn't they? So yeah, yeah. You know, they're going to be they're going to have a little extra fight in them. Usually, good teams when they lose a game, you know, kind of like the, the Maple Leafs. Next time they play, I, I look to bet on them. You know, these are these are not these are teams that suffer an off night. They're going to come out with some extra fire. I think you're right to be on the Kings in this game. Now, Markstrom's a great goalie in Calgary, but he was sick, so I don't know if he's going to play tonight. He didn't practice yesterday. Calgary is at home to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I didn't pick winner or loser here, but I went over five goals. That's what I went over. I went over Ooh. five. I think that could be something that we're looking at here. Oh, I like that. I like that. I didn't even look at that. Thanks for the tip. Just a hang up. I'm going to look at my. I'm going to get my chart here and see if I can get on that. Still, that's a good one. But gosh, the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, talk about a great early season game. I'm, you know, I'm not sure in terms of styles and you know contrast of teams. Colorado and Calgary. That's. That's as good as it gets early in the season. Yeah, that is a really good one. And Calgary's got a new-look team. It actually might be better than they were last year. Okay, lastly, my San Diego Padres. San Diego (laughs) Padres. They took the Dodgers down yesterday, 5-3. Lost to them in game 1-5-3. Now, listen, I don't. Dodgers are a juggernaut team. But San Diego's going home. First playoff game in 16 years before fans. Because they played in the COVID season when there were no fans. So... I, I don't know. How do you feel about that game on Friday? Padres against the Dodgers. Yeah, that's tomorrow night. And I didn't know that about the fans uh, factor. That's also interesting to hear. So the things I learned being a guest on your show, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, but I, have you ever been, have you ever been in this, uh, this spot where you can't stand the team? You know, like the Dodgers. I want the Dodgers to go down just like you do, and half of you know North America doesn't want to see the Dodgers win, or the Yankees for that matter. But you know, you just say, I just gotta pull the trigger on the Dodgers if I bet it, because I mean, look at the season, the way the Dodgers have dominated this series. They've gone what nine out of fifteen, one nine out of fifteen, and uh, you know, the Dodgers are only a small favorite of minus one twenty-five on the road. 
I just got to hold my nose and say, go Padres, but my money is on the Dodgers. That's what I always run into. I bet with my heart, not my wallet, and it kills me every time. So I don't know if I'm going to – I don't know if I'm going to touch that one. It might be a game-time decision, and I think my heart still might beat my wallet out. How do they get a hold of everything you do, uh, Nolan? Yeah, please, at pointspreads.ca. That's kind of our sister news and information site next to uh, spreads.ca. And uh, we we post something every day, including free picks. We've won, uh, by the way, free picks, F-R-E-E. Just come and check it out. We've had 10 out of uh, 12 uh, winning months. We've had a really good, plus we have a lot of fun. We like to make sports fun. That's what it's all about. So thanks for the opportunity to be on your show. I enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll uh, have you on again. Thanks for your time, man. Have a great day. See you next week. That is Nolan Dollar, spreads.ca. We can always bet on Glenn Suter. He's going to join us next. It's press coverage on the sports cage on 6. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second alone, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of Time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. Brought to you by our friends at Quality Tire, nine locations in Saskatchewan. Check them out at qualitytire.ca. Glenn, thanks for taking my call. How do I find you today? Are you in good spirits, good shape? Yes, I am in Calgary preparing for the big uh, the big game tomorrow. Calgary is, uh, you know, here hosting the Hamilton Tire Cats. Mm-hmm. It's a super, super important game for the Riders, and I know they'll be watching because if Hamilton wins it, they have now tied the, the Riders for wins for that final crossover spot. Yeah, I know. It's a big game, and we'll get into that in a second. I actually want to ask you... Uh, this question, as it relates to this, because I had Mark Stephen, the voice of the Stampeders, on earlier, and they're 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 pumped for the opening night in the CFL uh, or in the NHL. Pardon me, with the Calgary Flames, and rightfully so. Um, how do we how do we get us? Uh, hey, listen, I'm not. I don't want to compare the two leagues. It's apples and oranges, but I do want to compare this. How do we get that excitement? Some of some of that excitement uh, geared towards the Calgary Flames. You won't get it this week, or the Stampede. Sorry, you won't get it this week because I mean it's the opening night. It's whatever. But we we need to get some of that more of that back in Calgary. I think for the Stamps, such a good organization. Yeah, you know, and there's there's been some good crowds. I mean, even mm-hmm. that that Argo. Uh... Argo afternoon a couple of weeks ago on October first. It was a nice Saturday afternoon, beautiful weather, and yeah. you know the stands took it to the the Argos that that day, and it was uh, you know it was a really good crowd. You know, I, sometimes I you know I, I I agree that we need to continue to build and continue to work at it, and uh, you know continue to uh, to find new ways to engage the the new generation, like the new yeah. The eight-year-old kid, the nine-year-old kid. I mean, we really, we really have to get them fired up about the game. And you know, but I, I also, I always want to keep it, Michael, in perspective because, again, you know, the Calgary Flames had a lot of excitement for opening night. Of course, they would. Mm-hmm. But the Calgary Flames don't sell out. Neither do the Edmonton Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers have the best player in the world on their team. Yep. And they don't sell out their games and their stadiums only hold 19,000 or just, just below 19,000. So, you know, like when, when we have a, a bad crowd, when everyone says there's a bad crowd for the Stampeders because there was only 22,000 fans there, well, that's 4,000 more than the Flames have. 
you know, I just, it just, you just got to keep it in perspective in some ways. And yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not even talking so much about the attendance because we've had that discussion, and I, I'm uh, absolutely. Uh, I was before I really had you on as a regular guest. I, uh, I'll credit you with this. You, you kind of flipped my mind that way, so I get that. Where I'm going with it is this: like Bo Levi Mitchell, now he's a backup, quote unquote. He should have been a way bigger star in Calgary. Like, he's an elite, all-world athlete, like you said. Like, do these teams do enough to promote themselves in their markets? Like, it's almost like, well, they're going like to the, like Johnny Goudreau anyway, so why do we compete? Like, we need to make these guys stars. Here's a, here's a prime example, Glenn. Brought this up with Farhan the other day. Now, I don't think this is a TSN problem. I'm not blaming TSN, but I think it's something we need to look at. I don't know how much it costs, but when I'm watching the National Football League, I see on commercial breaks before they come back, whether it's Tonight, Thursday night football, or whether it's uh, Monday night football on TSN, they're covering the broadcast, and they have uh, Michael Ball, free safety, Miami Dolphins, born in Regina, 12 tackles, blah, blah, blah. They do that, and they have the NFL Canada logo at the bottom. So it's obviously some sort of leverage maybe with NFL and TSN or NFL paid for it. But we need to do stuff like that on our broadcast, you know, with the Canadian. Glenn Suter, safety, SFU, drafted in this year. Do you know where I'm going with this? We need to do a better job of that. Yeah, I, I do. And, uh, you know, I, I think if you're, if you're watching one of our games, I mean, certainly Dwayne Ford will do, do even more of this than I do when it comes to, you know, pointing out the, the Canadians and their schools and, mm-hmm. you know, their, their, their college background and resumes. And, uh, he, you know, I think Dwayne is really focused in on that with the Canadian talent more so than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll do it. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I'll, I'll go back to something that doesn't cost any money. I mean, what you talked about with the promos on TV, that costs money. And NFL Canada has got money that they're going to invest in. You know, there's, there's kids with NFL Canada T-shirts that should be wearing CFL t-shirts. And that's what Amar Doman's trying to do in Vancouver. And he's, he's slowly chipping away at that. And I think he's going to be successful at it. But, you know, before you get into even spending money, I think somewhere along the way, and I'm not blaming this regime at the league office mm-hmm. or any one, you know, manager in particular, but we somehow along the way kept saying that we had to fix the league rather than, Tell people how great the athletes are, how great the league is. It doesn't cost anything to message properly and to message the facts. Not We're, we're not fabricating the facts when we're saying world-class athletes. We're not fabricating the, the facts when we're saying how fast the game is, that it's the best final three minutes of the first half, final three minutes of the game in all of sports. No matter what sport you're talking about, the CFL final three minutes is the best on the planet. You know, somewhere along the way, collectively, and I'm talking TV too, we stopped messaging that. And we started just continually messaging that we need to fix the league. Well, the league is not broken. It's not been broken. We can talk about tweaks and changes and little little things that we're adding to rules and stuff like that, player safety. All of those things are discussions in every sport, and we'll have it too. But what we forgot to do is to message. And that's what I've been really focused on this year, to remind people of just how good the guys that are they're watching in their own backyard, when they're cheering for their team in their province, these 
world-class guys that you're getting a chance to see for an affordable price where you can take your family and cheer for the home team. And, and you know, for Canadians who are constantly trying to find a way to party, well, if you have a CFL team, you have nine, nine times during the summer that you can go and do that. Yeah. So here's something the league did get right, and I hope we can get back to it, and I haven't heard about it since COVID hit. CFL week was great. It brought people in the off season, got us talking about it. We featured the players. It was, it was kind of, it felt thrown together in Regina, but we pulled it off because it's Regina. Then they took it to Winnipeg. It was successful. Then it's nobody's fault because COVID hit. We need to get back to that. We need to have some sort of celebration in the off season. You and I talked about it. Have some sort of flag football championships. You had the combine. Here in Regina, we had Warren Moon come in. Why can't we have a, a live panel with Glenn Suter and whoever? We need to get back to that. And we need to, you know, I was always, hey, we should keep it in Regina like they do the combine in Indy. But you know what? Maybe take it. Oh, Amar Doman deserves to have something like that in BC. We need to, wherever it is, we need to get back to that because that was something we were doing right yeah and, and you know that does take investment but it's investment that i believe is well worth it because it keeps the league in the news in the middle of winter i mean it's you know when you're you know february march and you're talking canadian football you're talking quarterbacks you're talking free agency and which leads to the combine slash camp slash all-star weekend or whatever you want to call it where you have kids engaged i mean this is this is where the kid gets his first introduction to you know whomever it is on your team on an indoor facility where he teaches them how to backpedal those are that's how i got hooked michael and i know i know you did too when you know when i went when i went to a practice in high school and or you know junior high school even you know my last few years in elementary school and i went the bc lions would practice at local high schools and i went and saw harry holt and uh ricky ellis and jerry taggy and and you know john henry white and and some of these players and they'd walk over to the fence and they'd say what's your name and i tell them my name and i got a chance to meet guys that I just watched practice that looked bigger than life to me when I was in grade seven or grade six. And from that day on, I had to see a game. And from that day on, I became, I fell in love with the game of football and wanted to play it. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, this is the most accessible professional uh, sports league. Like, you look at the NFL, what people don't, what people don't realize besides training camp when they hold those practices and people can go watch, like, you just can't go down to a Cincinnati Bengal practice and sit there in the crowd and watch the entire practice. Even as media, they let you go for seven or eight, ten minutes, get your film work, get out, come back when the, Come back when it's time to do the interviews. Like, we get to literally sit in the end zone and watch practice except for once a week. Fans can come and go. That's another thing we don't talk about. We're very hands-on media accessibility. And, and, and we, as a league, even need to do a better job, including media, promoting that, talking about that. It's a mom-and-pop, hands-on league, and it really is something we need to do a better job of. Okay, Glenn, um, I'm going to take a break. We're going to talk about you because you're preparing for the hand 
Hamilton-Calgary game, you would have had to have watched the Ryder-Hamilton game. You were going to watch the second half. We'll talk about that coming up. And I got a text from a listener, too, as it's directed towards Glenn Suter. This is press coverage with the former Plaza of Honor inductee and a Canadian Football Hall of Fame broadcaster, Glenn Suter. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. I'm never going to give this up. I always hear this when the NFL starts. Oh, now I can watch real football. I can enjoy real football. Not this Bush League CFL stuff, which I snicker because I like both footballs. I like all footballs, but I look at the sacks. And, and, and what happened in the NFL in back-to-back days, Brady gets sacked on a simple quarterback sack, and then the Christian Jones makes the sack, and there's a fumble recovery, and they call roughing the passer. And now I'm looking at these NFL owners fighting because Daniel Snyder of the Washington Commanders up for you know behavior in the office and things he did, and now apparently he's gathering information on other NFL owners. If that happened in the CFL, everybody would be laughing and saying what a Bush League. So let's take some perspective here. It's hilarious, Matt. I just have to snicker. So anyway, I do want to talk CFL. And I got this great text, uh, Glenn, from uh, Dave. Dave said, hey, I see a lot of similarities from the Ryder team around 1991 that finished 6-12, and Glenn, that you were on. How hard is it to stay motivated through a season when the season is going down the drain? Uh, well, it, it's you know, I mean, if you if you can't motivate yourself to to you know fully uh, ter- try to take advantage of every opportunity you have to play pro football, then you probably shouldn't be playing. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, when you're when you're losing, it's hard and it's frustrating. Believe me, no one no one suffers more than the athlete who's staring at the ceiling all night trying to figure out exactly how they can get better and help their team win. But it, you're, you are highly motivated to figure that out. In fact, sometimes it can compound itself because you're trying too hard. You're, you're overcompensating. You're, you're in the gym lifting weights too much, and that tightens you up, and then you're not as loose and feeling as good as you could be on game day, and you have to really you know, keep the faith um, mentally, emotionally. Your family's super important in that, but keep the faith. Uh, mentally that that you are doing the right things because you've had success before and that's what you have to remember you know and especially after you won if if you won in a year and you've won the championship and you know what that feels like and what you did to get there as a group collectively then you can always go back to that and think okay that that's my baseline that's that I know worked so I'm going to stick with that routine but that's why you get get athletes that you know, become superstitious because they're trying to find the winning formula. How do I make this? How do I help this team win and become a better player every day? It consumes you mm-hmm. and it consumes your family. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so you did a deep dive on the second half of that Ryder Hamilton game. What did you see? Yeah, 22 offensive plays. In the second half, two running plays to Shaq Cooper. One was a, a loss of about four. The other was that toss, which looked pretty good. Uh, and then he got a penalty on the sideline. And so that took that play away. And there really was no other runs to the tailback, like true runs. Like Cody scrambled once, and then there was a quarterback draw. 
Um, six times they threw quick game, and when they threw quick game those six times, they were about 50%, three for three. But two of those were drops by Shaq Evans. And that key drop uh, early in the fourth quarter when they were around midfield, that was a that was a big one, unfortunately. And then 12 throws from deep in the pocket again. They completed four of them, had four that were incomplete or intercepted, and were sacked four times. So, you know, when you when you think of eight of the 12 throws from deep in the pocket are not working, those percentages have got to sort of be, you know, front and center, I'm sure, for the coaching staff and for Jason Moss to be looking at and going, look, at, we, we, we threw from deep in the pocket 12 times. Eight times it didn't work. So we've, we've got to come up with something new. Yeah, so let's talk about this for a second, Glenn, because you banged on it earlier on our broadcast on the pregame show, and I think it's worth mentioning again. It's a passing league, especially when it's three downs and, and you punt on third down generally. But you got to be able to run the football because offensive linemen, at least the ones I talk to regularly, they want to take it to their opponents in a lot of cases, not be back on their heels. And when you're pass blocking, it takes a lot of out of an O-line. I don't care how good they are, but especially when they have a lack of continuity and a, a lack of experience and that type of thing, to, to always be back on your heels takes a lot out of an offensive line in a pass block situation. Yeah, it does. And, you know, it's, it's the balance. You know, I sometimes think of it when I'm calling a game, uh, I put myself in the game planning as a former free safety and what gave me trouble or our defense trouble when we face another team, when, when they had balance, when it was Mike Pringle and Anthony Calvillo in combination and balanced where it was 60-40 or 55-45, between run and pass, it was so difficult to defend because, you know, it, it basically eliminates some pass coverages because you can't turn your back to a team that runs the ball well. Look at, look at the best teams in the league right now. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Brady Oliveira, they have a great running game. It's, it's, it's solid. They allow their O-line to fire off, and Oliveira in the last 10 weeks has been outstanding. Mm-hmm. Calgary Stampeders, awesome. One-two punch and running. Kadeem Carey and Peyton Logan, outstanding balanced running game, which Dave Dickinson almost never forgets about deep into the fourth quarter or the second half. The win, uh, the BC Lions, James Butler, excellent running game. Those are 10-win teams. The, the, um, even you know, the even who, even who more than that even who let in Toronto is picking up where Harris left off and let's be fair to the Riders they had uh, a great one two punch in Morrow and Hicks and Morrow's expected to be back when they play Calgary thankfully and so that's hurt too a little bit no absolutely that's a big part of it yeah but again that's where Jeremy O'Day has got to be ready for the next one like you know for instance you know we talked a lot about offensive line and we've talked about the tackles and some of the challenges. Well, Derek Dennis goes down for Calgary. I'm preparing for that game for tomorrow. Derek Dennis a few weeks ago goes down for Calgary. They play Josh Coker, an American who they've had in camp and is pretty much ready to go. And then he goes down halfway through the, the game he mm-hmm. starts. And now they're going with a guy named Hugh Thornton. Again, guy out of Illinois, 6'3", over 300 pounds, but he's been around and he's ready to go as an import tackle on the left side, the blind side of the quarterback, of a right-handed quarterback. They're prepared for when they lost Derek Dennis. 
and that's not criticism on you know Jeremy O'Day necessarily. I you know I don't know completely you know what's deep in their roster, but at the end of the day, you've got to be prepared to replace those guys. Suits and Peyton Logan is a nice example. Yeah, of it. yeah he's really good. That was a, that's they're right there as a one-two punch, and 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 of course Augustine and Oliveira too in Win, in Winnipeg. We got about three minutes left. Suits, Moss, and Cody. Do you think they work well together uh, without being in the room? Like Cody was, Cody was uh, had his most productive year in 2019 with McAdoo as the offensive coordinator, and granted a better offensive line. Shaq was playing at a higher level as a receiver, and uh, Cody was unknown, so there's not a lot of tape on him. Okay, so there are factors, but. I just wonder sometimes if these two guys aren't on the same page. I don't know that they aren't, uh, that they are or they aren't. I'm just wondering that because Jason Moss has a track record of being a great offensive coordinator. Yeah, so so it's it's interesting because the you know you don't have to blame one or the other if you don't think this is working, and I'm not sure it is. To be honest, I, I just when when you look at sort of the decline offensively over the last couple of seasons, the shortened season and then this season, and just that the offense has, has not found traction consistently in really any game, then you have to examine that relationship. And, and that's not to blame one or the other because they both had success. You know, you mentioned Cody in 19 and Jason Moss has had success on other teams with other, you know, in other situations. And his offense has proven to work um, you know, with the right ingredients, but maybe the relationship between the two of them isn't working. And, you know, I don't know that only they will. And only the guys in the room that sit in that quarterback room will, but clearly there's been a decline offensively in production with this team. And there's a lot of different reasons for it, as you mentioned, but maybe it's as simple as that relationship isn't working. Interesting. Well, Glenn, have a great call versus the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Calgary versus Hamilton will be watching Friday Night Football. All of Saskatchewan will be, I can't believe I'm saying this, cheering for the Stamp Heaters. Please, <laughs> please win that game. Dave, help your brother Craig out, and then, uh, then we'll see what happens in the Dickinson Bowl back-to-back. Thanks for your time, Glenn. Take care, man. All right, Michael, take care. Take care. That's uh, Glenn Suter joining us for Quality Tire Press Coverage. When we come back, it's Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. This is the Sports King. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. Our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. He has covered everything, and we'll get to him in a second and his sponsor for this segment. But I do want to bring up the fact the show is brought to you by our good friends at Spreads.ca. Speaking of uh, betting, you can get in on the Keniston Super Draft. Total cash prizes to be won 90000 bucks. Singer and I are going to start filling out our draft board uh, next week when he comes back. Um, and, uh, man... Lots of great players to pick from. Got to get McDavid on your list after that hat trick goal last night and one ass- or hat trick and one assist. And uh, so there you go. Uh, we will get to that next week. But uh, you have until 
and they got their website. You can check that out. You have until November the 1st to fill out your bracket. All right, let us head out on the Western Pizza Hotline. And this portion of the show, Coast to Coast, with our friend Arash Madani, is brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Arash, Connor McDavid. Come at me here. Connor McDavid is the most exciting athlete to watch right now in professional sports. Ooh. Period. Ooh. Full stop. That's a great that's a that's a great hot take. Um ba, ba, ba. now you're now you're making me do the mental Rolodex. Like when he gets on the ice well, you think about it. When he gets on the ice on his playing surface, when he is on the ice the le- like the level of NHL hockey is quality, okay? But when he gets on the ice, it is a totally everything's frenetic. It's at an unbelievable pace. Guys are flying around. They're scared he's going to blow past them. There's nobody in sports, nobody in any sport right now, in my opinion, that does that. I guess the the whole point is in this conversation is who who is the athlete that you just hold your breath? Yeah. Whenever they touch the ball or the puck. So or who is it for you besides him? That's, Ballsy, that's a great one. Uh, Steph Curry is a human cheat code. Yeah, he is. He's a, he's a video game player. Uh, I got to tell you, man, Patrick Mahomes, things he's still able to do um, continue to wow me. But you're right. McDavid is so electrifying. Uh, hard to find anybody quite like him. Yeah, it's crazy, man. 700 points already. 701, I think. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how it goes forward for this team. They're in their window to win a championship, so that's going to be really interesting. Hey, buddy, sports nerds ruining sports. I've been saving this for a few days. I could have asked other guys, but I want to ask you because I know you'll appreciate going down this path. Brandon Staley of my San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers. Fourth, fourth down and two at the 46, their own 46 last week. You yeah. punt you punt the ball away. I don't care what your analytics, I don't care what you're talking about. You punt that away and make Jacoby Brissett drive the field. Thank God, for, thank God for the missed field goal. And then what the hell is Josh McDaniels doing when you're in a tough competitive AFC West and there are four minutes and 15 seconds seconds to go. There is no way you go for two points there. What are you doing? Bonzi, I don't know if you and I have had this conversation before, but I don't think we have. Here is, and I know this sounds so basic, here is my recommendation to every single GM and head coach in professional football. You, When you arrive, there, there's a culture in coaching of being the first to arrive and the last to leave, of protecting the desk. Mm -hmm. So you arrive when it's dark, and you leave when it's dark, and especially with these NFL teams, the weather's about to change, they'll practice indoors in their their facility, in their bubble. They don't see this. They're in their windowless offices watching film all day, and then they go into their meeting rooms, then the cafeteria, then the weight room, then a practice they don't see the sun. They don't get fresh air. And I swear, I mean, my theory on this is that the brain almost atrophies at the mo- and then when the most important scenarios 
are about to unfold in a game, people have lost their minds. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that happen. Go out for a walk. <laughs> Get some fresh air. See what's happening out there. You don't need to be the smartest one in the room. This this is not that exercise at all. Sometimes, look, you want to play the analytics game and play the percentages and do all those things. I understand. Yes. But there comes a time where common sense has to prevail. And that, that seems that, that the more we watch these days, um, it's, it's hard to see how, how that happens. Why shouldn't we scoff at or why should we just easily dismiss this? Uh, why shouldn't we just easily dismiss this PGAL uh, live thing here? You had a great little piece that I saw on Twitter uh, that our friend uh, Bob Irving, uh, I saw it on his Twitter thing, said, hey, look what Arash did, and then I kind of retweeted it. Just tell me why we shouldn't just uh, put this on the back burner. I think this is really important to understand. This is not a golf issue. This, where I'm coming from with this, this is not a golf issue. This is not a sport issue. This is not a money issue. This is not a PGA tour versus another tour issue. This is a human rights issue. This is a basic human decency issue. This is an issue where there are so many people being persecuted by the Saudi government, the same Saudi government that is propping up this live tour. Mm-hmm. And when you have global stars on board with it, the impression this gives is that, hey, no harm, no foul. This is why the impact of, for instance, the Russian boycotts and some of these leagues and events and sports matters because then to so many people there is a consequence to the action there is a wonder of wait a minute this is the right thing to do if we're being brainwashed by our you know by our lawmakers and it's so hard for us to relate policy in north america especially in canada um, but state-run media state-run television is just a propaganda machine for the regime mm-hmm. a regime that kills for and kill so many women. And right now, my parents are from Iran. They're just openly killing people for protesting the government's murder of a woman simply because she wouldn't wear a headdress in public. Yeah. I hope I said that properly. Um, and I just hope that people can understand where it's coming from. No, that, that, that's why this isn't about sport. But, but it involves sport because of the prominence that sport has in the world. All right, uh, and I, I I encourage people to go to your Twitter feed and check it out and read it word for word because it really is eye opening to me. I was I was I mean, listen, I know things go on behind the scenes, like you just said, that uh, we don't see here, that we're fortunate we don't see. Um, but you know, I was I was of the mindset. Well, you know, if the PGA treated their players better, maybe they wouldn't lose players to live golf. But it was a real eye opener for me, and I think it's good for people to uh, see that from time to time. And I think it was worth bringing up. All right, uh, let's get to our own scandal here in Canada with Hockey Canada. And uh, finally, everybody leaves uh, as they should have a while ago. Um, 
I, I don't know, man. They're going to pick their new board hope uh, by December 17th. Uh, somebody suggested, the, when talking to me, Haley Wickenheiser should be uh, the one in charge. But, I mean, she's a doctor. I don't know that she wants to stick her toe in that. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how Hockey Canada goes forward. It really is. And what is... I mean, there's going to be some kind of damage and residue left behind from what's happened over the last year. And how, as a governing body, are you going to restore the faith into the corporate community? But ballsy more than that, into all the moms and dads out there, all the parents out there, who are registering their kids to play minor hockey and are rightfully now going to want to know where are these dollars going? Yeah. And, and so there, there is a major reconstruction project ahead for Hockey Canada, Canada Hockey, whatever this new iteration of it is going to be, because you have to win back the confidence of not only your sponsors who have paused or left, but you also have to get the confidence of every neighborhood mom and dad. And that's going to be a real challenge. And that's why the, this, what, what's about to unfold over the next number of weeks and months is a real pivotal time, is a tipping point for amateur hockey in this country. Do you believe this should have like a two or three year minimum, like a maximum requirement, then you turn them, uh, you know, turn them over again? In terms of the board? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I'm to be honest, Balzi, I'm not sure. I don't know enough about yeah. governance and, and how that works. But what this has really shown Canadians is how broken the system is. So the system needs to be rehauled. Um, and more than that, you need to make sure that the people who, your number one stakeholders which are Canadians, uh, you need to make sure that they believe in what you're doing. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Okay, before I let you go, <clears throat> my Padres, you said it. They're going to give the Dodgers a run, and I'll tell you what, 5-3, they came back, almost won the, well, they didn't almost win, but they put in a good fight. It, it made me feel good about going into last night's game. Josh Hader mows them down, and uh, I, first time in 16 years, I believe, the Padres will have a home playoff game in front of fans. That place will be jazzed up. This is the, If they want to win the series, I think they got to take this next game. And this, this series is now go time because, as you mentioned, that ballpark is going to be wild. And, you know, it, it, it's amazing that they're here because of everything they've been through and Hayter struggling when he first arrived after the deadline and losing Fernando Tatis. But the, remember, and this is what's kind of lost because the Padres didn't win the division or a wild card team. This is a team that's built to win now. Mm -hmm. And they're showing it. And sometimes you hit lightning in a bottle, like having a 31-year-old rookie yes. in the, what was it, the seventh inning, yeah. get out of that jam with the bases loaded in a one-run game, and the next thing you know, home run San Diego, it's a two-run lead that they're not going to relinquish. Sometimes that's the kind of October magic that happens. And you just wonder, wow, 
so um, this this to me is the series of of all four divisional series. This is the matchup, and uh, man, oh man, buckle up! It's gonna be it's gonna be a ton of fun in Southern California. Okay, lastly, if this happened in the CFL, we'd be calling it Bush League. So Daniel Snyder, who has a bunch of uh, skeletons coming out of his closet, okay, with the workplace misappropriate behavior and all that type of stuff, um, you know, sexual assault allegations and such. Uh, he, he is now collecting information on other NFL owners. So it's going to be a he said, he said thing. This could get real messy if they're trying to get rid of the commander's owner. Yeah, and, and how many times has Daniel Snyder's name come up with quote-unquote scandals like this, and it seems like every time he's able to sneak away scot-free. And some of the quotes in this ESPN article of Snyder saying it's a mafia and I have I have dirt on other people, Ballsy, this is a, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. Mm. Why? This has nothing to do with football. This has to do with a multi-billion dollar business and power, money, control, influence, ego. Put it all together and here you are. Here it is. And so this is kind of, and it's, it's often, you know, there, there have been other owners and Jerry Richardson of Carolina was pushed out Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it just seems that every six, nine, twelve months there is another scandal uh, brewing involving Daniel Snyder. Last question, thirty seconds. Are you a good ping pong player? The Dolphins, the coach thought they got rid of the ping pong table to focus on opponents, but Tyreek Hill said, "No, no, no, no. I bought a custom made one. It's coming in." <laughs> the irony being. Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins coach, said, I like that they got rid of the ping pong table. That showed leadership. Yeah. Hey, are you a good ping pong player? I, I can I can battle. Nice in my PR days. Yeah. At you, training camp. We used to have a we used to have a ping pong table. I could I could roll with some yeah. of those fellas. Maybe when you come to Grey Cup we'll have to have a, a dinner together and a ping pong match. I like it. All right, man. Take care. Thanks, Bozzy. That's a Rashmanani Coast to Coast for Smart Investing Solutions. We wrap the show up next with our friend Riker Frank of Regina, the U of S running back. Big matchup with the Rams this Saturday, the best two teams in the Can West Conference. It's coming up next on the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. All right, we're wrapping up this show in great style with Riker Frank. I love that name, man. Riker Frank from Loboldis, now a tailback for the U of S Huskies. Riker, thanks for joining us. What's your nickname? <laughs> you know, um, some people call me Frank the Tank. I like that one. Okay, that's good. What are your dimensions? I know you're kind of low to the ground, but what are your dimensions? Oh, I'm not that low to the ground. I'm I'm five ten. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking <laughs> and, uh, to hey, hey. You're talking to a five eight and a half guy. I've shrunk an <laughs> inch in, from when I played. So you're five ten, and what are you? Around around one ninety. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you run like a tank. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Riker, do you ever get told that's a cool name? Because that is an awesome name. Oh yeah, it's nice. It's nice having like a, a slightly unique name. You know, people can still pronounce it, but uh, yeah, I haven't met too many other Rikers, so. 
So no, it's not bad. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I named my daughter Mara with an H, so she gets Mara. But there are not too many Maras out there, so she likes the name but doesn't like the fact I added an H. So do you thank your parents for the name? Because that's cool. I Listen, I love my name. Like, I like my name. Michael's a good name, but it's a boring name. Riker's not boring, man. <laughs> No, yeah, for sure. I love it. And you're making a name for yourself in the Huskies' backfield. This is coming maybe a little faster than you thought. Am I am I right when I say that in terms of getting more carries in the backfield due to, uh, you know, the injury to you and Chena, Mackert not coming back, that type of thing? Oh, yeah, for sure. It was it was super sad when, when Josh unfortunately got hurt. But, uh, yeah, I was just kind of thrown in there, and uh, I'm trying to make the best of the opportunity. And so how have you found that uh, opportunity? Has it been uh, what you thought? Is it faster than you thought? What's been the biggest adjustment for you, Riker? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's it's a lot coming at me, you know. Like, uh, I've, I've been watching Adam and Josh do this for a while and kind of got the impression that it was easy because they make it look easy, but... Uh, yeah, there's definitely some hard hitters out there, and the game's very fast-paced, so got to get adjusted to that. Yeah, what was your welcome to the Can West moment in terms of getting hit or or a play? Can you remember one vividly where you're like, okay, I'm playing big boy football now? <laughs> well, if you, if you go back and watch the last time we played the Rams, there's a couple plays where, uh, where the linebacker, Ryder Varga, put me on the ground. <laughs> goes both ways so yeah former this golden suns matching up there banging heads what's it like going against i'm sure some of your friends on the rams what was that football weekend in saskatchewan like where you guys came away with a hard-fought one-point victory oh my gosh yeah that was a lot of fun uh, you could feel the energy there they they brought the fans out and a lot of my my friends and family in those stands a lot of my friends on the other team too so uh, it was a good battle Lots of energy. It's super fun. And what is it going to be like this Saturday, do you think? That's going to be a big-time atmosphere. I'm sure you'll have friends and family driving up for that game. You always do. But it might be a little extra special because the Rams are there and the two best teams in Canada West and two in the top ten. I'll tell you what, that speaks well to football in Saskatchewan. Yeah, for sure. They were There's two good teams going to be on Griffiths on Saturday. So we're hoping to to bring out our fans, match the energy that they brought. But this time it's going to be a little louder when, when it's going good for the Huskies, I hope. It's awesome. Like you, You're super amped up. There's fireworks. You're the crowd. It's it's awesome. It's, you can't describe it. It's just the best feeling ever. Student athlete, man. We'll get to the Rams defense in a second. But student athlete. And it's not like you're taking basket weaving. You're an engineering student. What's that like to juggle school and football? Uh. It's it's not as hard as maybe one would think, but you know you just got to be very good with your with your time management. You got to be disciplined when it comes to doing assignments and stuff. Uh, if you you pick a time to do something, you got to get it done. Like there's there's very very little wiggle room, but uh, it's it's manageable. All right. So what kind of engineering are you in right now? What do you want to be in terms of engineering? Uh, I'm in mechanical engineering. Okay. Speaking of engineering, how do you engineer a big victory over the Regina Rams this week, and and what are you seeing from their defense? Because uh, they've got a really, they've always had a good offense, but defense has been kind of the downfall for this team at times. But they're good this year. Oh yeah, for sure they are good. Uh, they they play very well in the box. Uh, that's one thing that obviously relates to me uh, being a running back. So. Uh, there might be some opportunities in the in the back end there, with especially with Mason Nyes having such a good season this year. Uh, we might be able to have some opportunities there. But yeah, uh, our coach is putting some some game plan. Obviously, I can't give away all the secrets, but <clears throat> uh, we we got a game plan going forward, and, and we're super excited to 
to play these guys. Awesome. So, um, in terms of uh, Mason Nyes, is it like having a quarterback on the field? Because that's a pretty complex playbook you got from Scott Flory. That's like a CFL playbook. Mason, yeah, he, he was, he's, a, he's a gift to have on the field. He's always helping. Even like you could ask him any question about any position, and and he'd know the answer. So it's it's really good learning from him. And just last year, you guys went on a Vanier Cup run, and you were actually part of it in terms of well, obviously you're on the team, but you were returning kicks. How much has that helped you in terms of dealing with nerves and just being? on a can west football field the fact you had a you wet your appetite oh yeah returning returning kicks especially punts that could be that could be more often but i think that that really helped me you know get get used to the flow of the game and the speed of the game and like just get out of my head and and play my game you know do you set personal goals for yourself in a game like i know you want to win everybody says no i just want the team to win but come on every guy you always hear the 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 mantra do your job so if the huskies are going to win what will Riker frank need to do to help them win on this uh saturday you know i don't i don't like to set stat goals because then you're just limiting yourself right uh, and one thing i learned from from adam mack right there is never be satisfied so uh i'm just i'm just going out there and i know if if i play hard and play up to my standard then good things are going to happen so that's that's what i'm thinking about going into the game sounds like a smart gifted athlete his name Riker frank frank the tank good luck on saturday man thank you very much Today's sports page has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.